Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Well, you can be seated this morning. We welcome all of you. We're glad you came to Reed Church on Father's Day. Are you glad you're here today? Why don't you turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I honestly believe that today and we do want to honor all you fathers. In fact, uh, would you stand up? We just want to honor every father in the house today. Come on, let's, let's honor every single dad. We appreciate you. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Thank you guys. We appreciate you very much and we honor every father in this place today. And uh, we, we've been on a series called Born Identity, and I'm going to talk about that and talk about God's identity, God the Father's identity. Anybody want to hear a Father's Day joke, Father's Day jokes? I got my own. I don't know, man. Okay. What, what did baby popcorn say to mama popcorn? Hey, man, I'm sorry. I messed it up. Well, let me do this one. Why don't dads trust trees? they're a little shady anyway let's all right anyway let's go on i missed the missed the other one up so i i might i might as well move on in my message here but uh, we've been talking about born identity and uh, last week i talked about your identity and today i want to talk about god the father's identity because most people don't know who they really are and all of us just individually i talked about the dna uh last week i talked about our chemistry and things that we inherit from our parents but I want to talk about talk about God the Father and who he is because really lots of people have trouble understanding who God is and I want to say this to you that when you have trouble understanding who God is it will affect every part of your life it will affect everything about you you'll tend to worry about things you don't need to worry about your things that have burdens unnecessary burdens you don't need to have you'll begin to have fears in your life and doubts in your life and so your understanding of God your understanding of who God is will really determine your life it will determine whether you'll have joy whether you'll have peace in your life and when you get a false understanding of God then it'll affect everything about you so I want to pray that the Lord will just open our hearts today as we get into this message today let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you god for who you are you're so good and lord you're a good good father and so lord i pray move throughout this place among every person that's sitting in this room wherever state of mind they're in wherever their state of heart is today i pray that the word of god would minister in areas that they just need to hear right now there's some people they just need to hear a message lord from you so I pray, speak into their lives. Remove every distraction and help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of God that I declare your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So we get to notice some of everybody's jersey and who you represent here. And uh, thank God we're Christians, right? We're all believers. We're all friends. We're all friends. And so... Uh, teams can seem really, it can get pretty heavy when it comes to different teams. 
And uh, so let me name a few teams I don't like. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I went to a few guys go, why'd you wear that jersey, man? Wear something else. Anyway, here we are. <laughs> but uh, many times when it comes to God and God being the Father, we get a false conception of who God is. And many times we get a conception from movies. We get a false conception from religion from your neighborhood, from your parents, from friends. And when you get a misconception of who God is, uh, you're going to run into unnecessary problems. And really, your life is going to tend to be a little bit miserable. And this is why it's so unique. When Jesus Christ came to the world, he kind of blew open or blew apart all these misconceptions that people had about God. And one of the things that Jesus did was he displayed who God was in the flesh. The Bible says in the beginning, John chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, but it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And so Jesus basically demonstrated who God is. God is not some impersonal force that we can't see or someone in the universe that we can't get a hold of. God is not some tyrant somewhere that's, uh, you know, miserable in heaven and can't wait to zap you. He's not that kind of God. He's not the kind of God that's kind of spinning the world around and, and just seeing where it's going to go. He's not involved. God's not like that. And yet Jesus begins to give us a demonstration of who God is, and he tells us how to pray to God the Father. And this is what he says here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He said, this is how you should pray. He said, Father in heaven, uh, lots of uh, translations said, hallowed be thy name, but actually holy is your name. So Jesus is telling you and I that we need to look at, to God as a father. That when you pray, you're to pray our father. Now, this might not be a big deal to us today, but I want to say to you that, especially here in the Western world, but when Jesus said that statement, and he made that statement to all the Jewish people that were listening, they never addressed God as the Father. Uh, in fact, they addressed God, he was so holy and so powerful to them that they didn't believe you can even have this intimate relationship with God, and so it was radical stuff that Jesus began to display that God is a father. And he was basically saying that you can have a relationship with the father. Now, here's the bad news. Are you ready for the bad news today? As you're sitting here listening to me, when I use the word father, there's a lot of people that are sitting in this building right now that it conjures up all kinds of pain. And some, some of us have some bad memories. In fact, when I talk about fathers, there, it may not be a happy term to you, may even stir up some deep resentment when it comes to the word father. Maybe you had a father that was neglectful. Maybe you had a father that was abusive uh, physically, verbally. Maybe you had a, an absent father who wasn't there. Maybe you have a father when the word father, it brings up fears and you know, mom did this a lot. Wait till your father gets home. And so father didn't have a great tone to it. And we know that human fathers are imperfect. Human fathers can bring hell on earth. There are times that fathers can be very inconsistent and very abusive. And so Jesus was saying, 
when you pray, you're to pray uh, this. He said, our Father who is in heaven. He's talking about not just that God's in heaven, but the kind of Father that we have. The quality of Father that we have is a heavenly Father, not an earthly Father. He's the heavenly Father, and basically he's perfect. Now, if you... If you'll be honest, every, every human father is imperfect, including myself. I'm a father, and I know how imperfect I am. I know how selfish I can be. Really, yeah, I can be self-centered. I can think about myself. Are you hearing me? I can just think about me. I've blown it. Thank God God's never blown it. You know, I've hit the wrong kid. I've blown it. Amen. I've done some things that... It just blew it. You know, God said things. Are you listening? I'm just being honest. Well, all of us fathers have done it. But we thank God that our heavenly Father has never blown it. In fact, let me just talk about a few misconceptions about God the Father. And then I'm going to get more into the message here. But a few misconceptions of God the Father. Because a lot of us have this misconception. And it's really kind of ruined our mind and our heart about who God is. And I want to give you God identity. Number one, God is not unreasonable. There's a lot of people, when they think about God, that he's unreasonable. He's got all these regulations, all these rules. He's kind of a killjoy. He don't want you to have fun. He don't want you to enjoy your life. God just uh, up there, he's grouchy, he's mad, he's upset, and he doesn't want you to be happy in any way. And I can tell you, there's nothing further from the truth. There's other misconceptions that we have. God's kind of unreliable. You can't really rely on God. When you need him, he's kind of not there. And if you've ever noticed human beings, all of us, we, when we get hurt, we not only blame people, we not only blame the people that hurt us, but we blame God. You know people like that? The moment something happened in their life, they're not only blaming the attacker, but they're saying God. They're resentful toward God. They're saying, why did God allow this to happen? Why did God allow all of these to happen? Let me, let me just make this real clear to some of you that may be blaming God for something that have happened in your life and say, why didn't God intervene? Why didn't God come in here? Why didn't God change everything? Can I tell you the honest reason? It's something called freedom of choice. All of us have the power to choose what we want to do. Am I right? How many are thankful for that? You're not a robot. You're not a puppet. I'm your puppet. Okay, you're not a puppet. You make decisions on your own. You choose good and evil. Some people have chosen evil, and they've chosen evil against you. They have a freedom of choice. So do you. So because there's freedom of choice, and God's given everybody freedom of choice, people have choices that they make that are wrong, that hurt other people, and we're affected by that. Otherwise, if there was not freedom of choice, then it just would be a robotic world. It wouldn't be real. Nobody would have any choices. But because there is choices, that means people are choosing good and evil, and all of us are affected by that. And so if you enjoy your freedom of choice, guess what? You're going to also be impacted by good and evil. Are you with me? You're going to be affected by sickness. You're going to be affected by all of these different things. You'll also be affected by good things in your life. So all of us, when we live in a world of freedom of choice, there's going to be things that we don't like and there's going to be things that we do like. 
The other misconception about God is God is unconcerned. In other words, God's not interested in what's going on in my life. There's a lot of people that believe that they're God's unconcerned. He's not concerned about my family. He's not really concerned about my education. He's not concerned, uh, you know, about all these things. Kind of that song, you know, God is watching us from a distance. He's like way real far away. And he's not really concerned about your life. And I'm going to show you today that God is actually more concerned than you think. And then the other misconception is God is unpleasable. You just can't please God. No matter what you do, you can't please God. If you've ever had a parent like that, you know, you, you get a C, they say, how come you didn't get a B? You get a B, how come you didn't get an A? You get an A, how come you didn't get straight A's? It's like, my goodness, you'll never be pleasable. So a lot of us today, we, we, we think of God as being this person that you can't please. And so I want us to put all those misconceptions on the shelf, and I want to show you who God the Father is. Is that all right? Somebody say amen. So number one, write this down. God is a caring God. He cares. He's a caring Father. He cares about your life. Now, what I want to say to you is God is gracious, God is loving, God is a compassionate God. In fact, one of the number one characteristics of God is he's very compassionate. The Bible says in Psalm 104, as the father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. So God is very compassionate, very caring. He cares about the very details in your life, even when you don't think so. Someone says, does God really care about me? He really does care about you. The Bible gives us a story about when the disciples were in a boat, and when they were in this boat that uh, uh, the waves came, and there was a big storm, and uh, water was coming inside of their boat. And you know what Jesus was doing? He was sleeping. He was sleeping at the end of the boat. He was crashing out. Now, I don't know about you, man, but if I'm, I'm, uh, water's coming in and I look over and I see this guy sleeping, I think he doesn't care. Am I right? And that's kind of our vision of God, that he's in, uncompassionate. Finally, they come and wake up Jesus, like, Jesus, do you know what's happening? It's, like, it's almost like, God, do you, know what, do you not know what's happening? He knew what was happening. And they wake up Jesus. Jesus wakes up and, 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 and they said, don't you care? Don't you care that we're dying? Don't you care that we're perishing? And how many know no one cares like Jesus cares? And so a lot of our problem is we think that God doesn't care. We think that God is not concerned about our life. And until you settle that issue in your life, you're not going to really get to know God. Because a lot of us think that God doesn't care. And let me just show you a scripture how much God cares. First Peter 5, 7, it says, cast some of your cares toward, no, it says cast all your cares on him, right? All your anxiety, every kind of problem that you have. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares about your family. He cares about your career. He cares about your life. He cares about every single detail in your life. The Bible said that he knows every single hair on your head. And for some of us, that's not difficult. I can tell you that right now. But can you imagine? There's not anyone here in this building. You don't know the number of hairs on your head. But the Bible says he knows exactly how many hairs you have on your head. And the Bible also says in Matthew, Jesus tells the people, don't worry about what you're going to eat. 
don't worry about what you're going to wear. He said, your heavenly Father knows all of your needs. So Jesus is saying that God knows or he cares about the basic needs that are going on in your life right now. He cares about it. He goes, don't worry about that. Don't worry about all these things. Uh, you know, if, if you have children, uh, you, you understand when they're three or four years old, they're not worried. They're not telling, Dad, Dad, I'm worried about the mortgage. Your kids aren't worried about that. <laughs> Dad, I'm worried about the car payment. They're worried about the, they're concerned about the next candy. They're concerned about the next chocolate. They're not worried. You know, I remember the first debit cards came out. I know some of you, you don't. You don't remember that, but I remember when they first started paying with debit cards. I, I remember that my kids would say, Dad, you know, I go, we, we, not, not right now. We, we, can't, we can't buy that. We don't have money for that right now. They go, yeah, just get the little card and, and put it in the machine. Yeah, just get that little card and it just gives you money, you know. And, and, and I, it doesn't work that way, you know, but they, they're not concerned. They, they weren't worried. And God is saying, we need to be like that where we trust God. We're not worried. We're not concerned. And so when we begin to worry, we're doubting that God loves us. When we begin to worry and get filled with anxiety, we're saying that God doesn't really care. There was a story I read of this man that came to his pastor, and he told his pastor, you know what, pastor, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm worried about all these different things in my life. Uh, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling stress. All these things that are happening in my life, uh, and he's confessing this to his pastor. He goes, you know, I'm having panic attacks. I'm stressed, all of these different things, and he looked at his pastor, and he said, you know what, pastor, I, I just realized I must not love God enough. And the pastor said, no, 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 you got it all wrong. Your problem is you don't realize how much God loves you. He cares about your life. How many can say amen? amen. Number two, the second thing is God is a consistent father. And if you were in our series choices last month, I talked about consistency. But I want to talk about the father's consistency. You can count on him. I said you can count on God. He'll never let you down. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. So earthly fathers are unpredictable, but God is always, always consistent. If you ever talk to some teenagers in their life, they'll say, man, my dad changes from day to day. I mean, no, earthly fathers are moody sometimes. They can go from being silent to being violent. They can go from a good guy to a tough guy. And what happens is when you have inconsistent fathers, you basically raise up insecure kids when you're inconsistent. But God, how many thank God he's consistent? The good news is God is always consistent. You can depend on God. You can trust on, in God. He is the Father in heaven that you can trust today. And the good news is God doesn't wake up moody. God doesn't wake up grouchy. Are you hearing me? God doesn't wake up like, who am I going to get today? He doesn't wake up like that. He doesn't wake up mad. He, he, he is consistent even when we're not consistent. He is dependable even when you're not dependable. Let me read you the scripture. I love what it says here in 2 Timothy. It says, even if we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. The fact is, this world is changing, but God doesn't change. Can you say amen? 
He's always consistent. You can count on God. He acts in love. He acts in forgiveness. He acts in grace. He acts, friend, upon his word today. He loves us. We can depend on God. And here's the problem with man-made religion. If you've ever seen all these religions, the God that they serve is always a temperamental God. We, we got to satisfy the gods. You've ever seen these religions where they, they got to basically uh, uh, give, you know, appease the gods. We got to appease the, you don't have to appease God. God loves you already. The Bible says in Malachi 3, 6, he goes, I, the Lord, do not change. And one of the greatest causes of resentment and rebellion in kids is basically when people break promises. God doesn't break his promise. God keeps his promises. And so this is the God, the Father that we're talking about. He's the God that keeps his promises. He is consistent. Romans eleven twenty nine said, God will never go back on his promises. Psalm 49, 10, my God is changeless in his love. So when we're talking about God the Father, we're not talking about an imperfect God. We're talking about a perfect God who loves you, who won't hurt you. Can you say amen? Who cares about your life today? See, here's the truth. I just want to be honest with you. Here's the truth. The more imperfect your father was to you, I'm talking about your, your natural father or your adopted father, whoever fathered you, the more imperfect they were, the more difficulty you're going to have having a relationship with God the Father. Because often we, we assimilate our earthly father to our heavenly father, and they're vastly different. And that's why I want to make sure today, even being Father's Day, that our Father in heaven is perfect. He'll never hurt you. He'll never harm you. And sometimes we need to begin to change our mindset. That's why we, when we deal and talk with people and try to help people when they come to the church and they give their life to God, they have a hard time calling God the Father. They have a hard time with the whole fatherhood thing. And they've got to begin to change their mindset and say, I need to trust God the Father. I need to be able to tr put my trust in him. Number three, are you ready for this? God the Father is close to us. He wants to have a close relationship. So whoever you are in this place today, God is not so distant that you can't have a relationship with him. Look at Acts 17, 27. It said, God did this so that people would reach out for him and find him since he is not far from us or from each of us. In other words, when we say God the heavenly father, we often think God's so far that he's not close to us. And I'm here to tell you, God's closer. He's right next to you right now. The presence of God is right here. How many believe that? The Bible says he dwells in the midst of his people today. And so many of us, we grew up with an absentee father. You grew up with a father that wasn't there. Maybe you were, grew up with a father who was always at work. Or maybe you grew up with a father that was never home. Or you grew up with a father that was always on a trip. Or he always hung out with the guys. Or he's always in the garage. He was always hiding somewhere. And today we have a society of absentee fathers. Our society today is suffering from absentee fathers. They're suffering today because a lot of children are not growing up or growing up in fatherless homes or fathers that are absent. 
And we wonder why we have some of the crises that we have in our nation today. And if you look, if you look at statistically, I just looked at statistics just a couple of days ago. And I'm not talking about Christian statistics. I'm talking about general statistics. And they said a lot of what's happening in the home is because the fatherless home, they're absent or an absentee dad. That's not there, and we're seeing a lot of gun violence, a lot of different things like that. And so we've got to begin to realize that we need the Father. Here's the good news about God. He's never too busy for you. Can you say amen? Again, when I talk about closeness, he's never too busy for you. He's not the kind of God when you call on him, he goes, no, I don't have time for you right now. You know what? I, uh, you know, Sorry. I don't have, I don't have any, any, no, you're praying, I, you know what, I, I'm sleeping, I can't, I can't answer your prayer. He's always listening. And I was reading this article about this guy who was uh, the chief technology officer of Microsoft. And a number of years ago, he was like, like the number two guy in Microsoft. A lot of the stuff that they designed, uh, he was worth over $650 million dollars. I was reading this article about him. He was like Bill Gates' favorite geek. That's what they called him. And his name was Nathan Meyervolt was his name. But he shocked the entire industry when at 39 years old, he announced that he was taking a one-year sabbatical from work. He said, I'm taking one year off. And he said, I'm going to spend time with my family I'm going to spend time. He had twin sons. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to do some things that I've always wanted to do with my family. We're going to travel. I mean, the guy had $650 million. Where can you spend all that money, right? And he said, I'm taking one year off. They tried to convince him not to, and he did it. And guess what? One year later, he never came back. He kept saying, I'm going to go back. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to be back. Yeah, you, you didn't come back. He wasn't like uh, Arnold. He didn't come back, right? He wasn't like the Terminator. He never, never was back. I won't be back. He didn't come back. And he ended up being a chef, believe it or not. He took, he, he's just like this renowned chef, believe it or not. He took that up. And, and I begin to think about that. I begin to think about this dad or this, this guy that worked this job said, you know what? My job isn't worth my role. See, you're totally replaceable at work, but you're not replaceable at home. That's your real life. Your real life is not at work. Your real life is at home. And I can guarantee you, you are replaceable at work. Well, what are they going to do without me? They'll find plenty of people to replace you. I've seen it. I've worked several jobs, and I remember people dying, people leaving, and go, what are we going to do? And guess what? Within a matter of weeks, it's like he was never there. And I begin to think, that's me. You know, you think, man, I'm the company man. You're not the company man. You can be gone in a second. They'll get somebody else. It's the truth. So you're replaceable at work, but you're not replaceable at home. And so what kind of values, man, God help us to have values like this man did to say, you know what, I'm going to put my family first. I'm going to help raise my kids. I'm going to be part of the, I'm going to tell you, man, you got 18 years, about an 18 year window. And that's it with your children. You think that's a long time. I'm telling you, it went just like that. All my kids are grown. All my kids are, are older now. And you know, I, I, man, I'm thinking, where did, where did the time go? How fast? You know, my goodness, man. Uh, I, and then you, you say, man, I could have did this and did that. I'm telling you, you better start doing it. 
Number, number, number two, again here, is God loves to meet our needs. In other words, he, he's not too busy. I'm talking about closeness. He's not too busy, and he loves to meet our needs. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7. It says, if you, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much will your Father in heaven give one good gift to you? In other words, if us being imperfect... And we know how to give good gifts to God. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to you? Am I right? How much more did he want to bless you? Being evil as we are, being selfish as we are, if we know how to respond to our own children, how much more does God want to give to you? And the third thing about God being close is God is responsive even when we're hurting. He is sympathetic when it comes to our pain, and when it comes to our hurt. And that's important. Listen to this scripture here, Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenness and save those who are crushed in their spirit. So God, when you're hurting, when you're in pain, God doesn't say, ah, nothing. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, when my kids would get hurt, I'd say, I'll walk it off. Come on, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Come on, walk it off. You're okay. You're okay. Come on, come on, man up, man up. Everything's going to be all right. Man up. Come on, I don't know if you ever did that. Liar, I did it all the time. You know, it took the mom, would you know, go over there. He don't need a band-aid. It's okay, it's not bleeding that much. It'll be all right. Put your hand on You don't need to kiss it. It'll be all right. And, and so, you know how moms are. They do all of that. I'm, just, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Thank God God's not like that. God, I'm in pain. Ah, you're, you're walking off. You'll be all right. Don't worry about it. You'll be okay. <laughs> and so I know a lot of us, a crowd this size, there's a number of you that have been brokenhearted. There's a number of you that have been crushed. And so when Jesus used the word Abba, and again, I'm not talking about the, the rock band, okay, the Swedish rock band. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm not talking about the rock band. But when he used the word Abba, what that word means is Papa. It means it's a term of endearment. So when Jesus is saying, our Father who are in heaven, he's saying, he's your daddy. He's your papa. He's talking about a closeness that you have. And again, it kind of blew everybody's mind that Jesus was referring to God as the papa or as the daddy. And he was saying, if you want to be close to God, you can call him Abba. In fact, in the Middle East, People or children refer to their uh, dad as Abba. You'll hear it around in the Middle East, Abba, Abba. They're talking about their father. They're talking about their daddy. And Jesus is saying, you can approach God as Abba, Papa. And I love that. I, I remember when, man, when, when my children were, were small and they would say, Daddy, you know, Papa, it was awesome. Now I got my grandkids, Papa. I go, oh, yeah, this is awesome. It feels good. And again, I wish I had grandchildren before my kids, but, uh, you know, it is. <laughs> It just has to work the other way. <laughs> I go, why didn't I get my grandchildren first and then my kid? But anyway, it kind of, ha- I don't know, it doesn't work that way. But, but I can't get enough of my grandkids. My goodness, you know, whatever. My, my son, you know, when we visit him in Texas, he says, Dad, we're, we're going to go out. Go ahead, go out, man. We'll take care of the kids. Can you babysit? Yeah, don't worry about it. We have a great time with them. And we have a lot of fun because they're just, anyway, let's move on. Anyway, Abba. Now I'm talking about grandkids. Here's the fourth one, and this is the last one. And God is competent 
or he's a capable father. In other words, God is not an incompetent God. He's capable to handle your needs. Can you say amen? He's capable to meet whatever need you have in your life. And, you know, the old jokes used to be, my dad can beat up your dad. Remember that? My dad's capable. You know, until one gets it, that's okay. My man, my mom can beat up your dad too. Amen. So, anyway, <laughs> we, we, we have a capable dad. We have a capable dad. Luke chapter 137 says, for nothing is impossible with God. So God can do everything. There's nothing that God can't handle. I said, there's nothing that God can't handle. He can handle everything in your life. And I, I remember the feeling when my kids thought I could just fix everything. Dad, this is broken. They'd bring it to me, you know, and I'd act like I was working on it. And I'm thinking, looking at my wife like, I don't know how to fix this thing, you know, <laughs> trying to repair things, you know, every, this thing broke, that thing broke, this car broke, you know, and trying to repair different things. And it was just amazing. They thought I knew everything and knew how to fix everything until they grew up and they realized I can't fix everything. So they asked me, hey, Dad, what about that? I don't know. Ask this guy. I don't know anything about that. They thought, they thought I had the answer for everything. And, and when they realized that, but I'm here to tell you that God had the answer. I said, God does have the answer for your life. Look at what the scripture says. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, Ephesians 3.20, above all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us. We have been doubting that God can handle issues. I'm telling you, he's able to do exceedingly and above what you even think. How many thank God for that? You don't have to manipulate your way. You don't have to scam your way somehow. You don't have to try to be political, all these different things. God can handle everything. God can handle every problem that you have today. God can handle every issue that you have. And many of us today, we think, man, this is too big for God. This is not you know, God can't, I'm telling you, God can handle anything. There's nothing that you're going through that God can handle. Your marriage issue, job issue, relational issue, whatever's happening in your life, God can handle those problems. In fact, again, I said earlier, cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. In fact, this past week, I was worried about a lot of things. Can I just be honest? Can I be an honest pastor today and, and don't think that I'm on this pedestal? I'm just like you. I'm, I'm a human being. Okay, I didn't fly here. I wasn't on wings coming. I drove a car just like you. <laughs> I have to wait in line to get gas at Costco like everybody else. That's the cheapest gas. But anyway, I'm not advertising Costco. But I'll wait in line. I don't care, man. I, I got to save some money. But anyway, I'm, I'm there. And, but, but what I'm saying to you what would I even say? I had to be honest with you, right? Oh, man, I forgot my thought here. I was worried. Thank you. There you go. I was worried this week. And uh, I'm putting my sermon, I'm thinking, I'm preaching this message, and I'm worried. I, I had some issues we were trying to work out, trying to think, uh, you know, think through what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this uh, parking lot that we had here. It's going to be a few more weeks before the, the board votes on it. We've we're, we're, we're got a lot of favor there, so it shouldn't be a problem. Then we're trying to get this parking spot over here at Lindsay Lumber. We're dealing with that. And I'm, I'm all worked up, man. I'm, I'm just worked up this last week. And, and God says, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He says, I thought you said I'm capable of everything. I thought you said I'm capable of everything. I thought you said I'm, uh, there's nothing that I can't handle. 
And I said, man, I can't handle the truth, man. That's the truth. Can't handle the truth. That's the truth. See, here's what I want to say to you. God can handle anything in your life. And if you want him to be your father, you got to receive him in your life. Now, a lot of us say, well, isn't God the father of everything? Yeah, he's the father of all creation. Okay, but do you have a relationship with that father? A lot of us today, you, 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 you've been born by a father, but you have a relationship with the father. See, anyone can give birth to children, but can you father those children? And the way you do that is believing in him and receiving him. Jesus said it this way when he talked about our heavenly father. He said, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. He said, if you really knew me, you would know my father as well. So Jesus said, if we're going to be God's children, we need to believe in Jesus, believe in God the Father, and receive him. It's talking about being born again into the family of God, being adopted into his family. And that's the privilege that we have today, is God can be our father. God can be our heavenly father. The Bible says in John 1, 12, to those who believed in him and received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God by believing and receiving him. Today, we need to trust in God the Father. So I'm going to pray. Why don't we just bow our heads today? Let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, today that you're a good, good father. That is who you are today. We thank you, Lord, that you're close to us, that you are a God that's not so far away and so distant that you don't care. That God, in fact, you do care about every need in our lives. You care about every situation that we're going through today. That, God, you're a competent God, that you're a capable God, that you're able to handle every single thing that is going on in our life today. There is nothing, God, today that you can't handle. So, Father, I pray today that you'll minister to the people of God. Lord, those that are sitting in this room right now, and so with every head bowed, every eye closed, as we're praying for just a moment here, if you're in this room, you know who God is, but God isn't really your father. You've never really accepted him you've never really received him in your life and part of it is because you've had some misconceptions of God some of you are sitting in this room right now and you're kind of bitter with God you're kind of resentful and you're blaming the wrong person God's the one that cares about you God's the one that saw you through these times in your life God was there all the time you don't realize he's not to blame he's not it's not God's fault there are things that happen in life, friend, because people make choices. We live in a broken world. I'm telling you, this, this world is imperfect. It's broken. The only place that's going to be perfect is heaven. And this is not heaven. This is earth. There's a lot of junk, a lot of brokenness, a lot of sin. There's a lot of darkness. But thank God we're not alone. God said, man, I'll be with you. I'll help you. Today, God wants, God wants to be your father. He wants to father your soul. He wants to be the one that leads your life today. He wants you to trust him. So if you're in this room, wherever you are, 
man, woman, however young, old you are, you need God the Father in your life. Have you ever asked God the Father and say, God, I believe in you. I want to receive you in my life today. I want to trust you today. Whoever you are, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you, you be honest with God right now in this room and say, you know what? I need God in my life. I need, I need to receive God. I need, I, I need to make God my Father. I want to receive the Lord in my life today. If you're in this room right now, say, that's me. Pastor, would you pray for me? I need God in my life. I need God the Father today. Would you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down and say, you know what? I need prayer. I need God. Thank you right over here. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Anybody else right now? Just be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Say, I need God in my life. Man, woman, whoever you are, you're in this room today. You needed to hear this message that God loves you. He does. That God cares about you. He's concerned about every, every area in your life today. So if you'll be honest with God right now, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need God in my life. I need God the Father to come in my life today. Raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand. Is there anyone else here today? Say, that's me. That's me. I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life. Just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. Anyone at all right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray together. Why don't we stand together? There's someone over here raised their hand. Amen. We want to pray with you today. So I think it was the, over here on my left side. Amen. Would you want to pray? Anybody else right now? You, you want to, you, we want to pray with you. Would you come? Come on, just, just bring her here. Just come and they're going to pray with you as well and lead you. Come on. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else this morning? Anybody else, you want to receive the Lord in your life? Amen. She'll come with you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else right now? Just come. Say, man, I need the Lord in my life. I need the Lord in my life. Let me pray with this lady here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart. To forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person. Change my life. I believe you today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's pray for her. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. We thank you, God, for her honesty, for coming forward today. And so, God, we worship you. And, Lord, we thank you, God, that you're saving people and you're touching lives, that you're a good, good father this morning. They're going to lead us in worship just to, don't leave yet. We want to pray, but I, I want you to just join us today as they lead us in, in, in worship. For just Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.